0: and renewal so that everyone in our community would experience the love of Jesus and be empowered to follow him into eternal life. So what I hope you'll see is that our passage this morning um, supports this statement, and so that's what we'll get into. Please stand with me as I read the word. Of the Lord, you may uh, be seated. Several years ago, uh, before... Transatlantic uh, flight was, was common. There was a, there was a man who um, didn't have a lot of money, but he, he dreamed of, of traveling to the United States uh, from Europe. And uh, every year he would tell his friends that, that one day he was going to save up enough money to buy a, a ticket on a cruise that would go from Europe to the United States. And so as we, he would tell his friends, one day I'm going to do this, uh, one year on his birthday... Uh, a friend of his ha- hands him an envelope, and in that envelope uh, is a ticket to the United States. And, and he's so grateful. He doesn't have a lot of money, so he, he packs his suitcase full of cheese and crackers. Because he's going to be a long journey, like a couple of weeks or so. So he, he has to have enough food to last him the whole journey. And so he gets on the cruise. He's got his suitcase of cheese and crackers and and he's eating it, but every day at mealtime all the people would go into this very ornate banquet hall and feast on steak and lobster and crab legs, and he would smell all this good food and, and he wished he could have it, but he was just stuck with his cheese and crackers. And and one day as as the trip was nearing its end, one of the one of the men came up to him and said, Sir, why why are you just eating chips uh cheese and crackers in the corner why don't you join us in in the banquet hall for the meal and he says embarrassingly he says sorry but uh uh i'm embarrassed to say that this ticket was a gift to me and i don't have the money to afford all that delicious food and and the guy shakes his head and says sir don't you know that the meal is included with the ticket Sometimes in life, we don't realize the full value of what we possess. We don't always realize the full value of what we possess. As we move forward in our series called Reconciled, we're moving from identity to mission. We're moving from a discussion about who we are to what we do. But what we do is fundamentally tied to who we are in Christ. In verse 20 of our passage, Paul implores us to be reconciled to God. And in the context, what he's saying is, having been reconciled, having received the reconciliation of Christ, therefore be reconciled or live out your reconciliation. What does it mean to fully embrace the reconciliation that we have in Christ? How do we avoid being like the man on the cruise who didn't realize the full value of the ticket that he had? In order for us to embrace God's gift of reconciliation in its fullness, we need to embrace three aspects of reconciliation. Number one, we need to embrace God's acceptance of us in Christ. Number two, we need to embrace God's love for us in Christ. And number three, we need to embrace God's mission for us in Christ. The first point, we need to embrace God's acceptance of us in Christ. Verse 20, the second part of verse 20 and following We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, Paul is imploring us, based on the work that Jesus did, to be reconciled. And he says that the, the reason for that is that Jesus, who knew no sin... Uh, was made to be sin. In other words, Jesus lived a perfect life. He knew no sin. And yet, God chose to make Jesus sin so that we might have everlasting life. We might have the righteousness that Jesus had and has. The, the, the The good news of the plan of God is that he made Jesus as a substitute for us for our sin our unrighteousness by ourselves we're not good enough we're not even close to being good enough we don't measure up we're not just a few tweaks here and there away from being good enough we're not just a little bit of discipline away from being good enough in fact we're quite far from being good enough we're not righteous sometimes i think in life we treat righteousness like baseball we treat righteousness like baseball and baseball if you if you hit the ball three times out of ten you're doing pretty good actually you're batting 300 you're actually probably an all-star player and sometimes i think we think of righteousness that way if we if we just if, if we meet three out of ten commandments we're we're doing pretty good we're good enough Maybe I'm not so bad. But what if we thought about it differently? What if we... What if I put it this way? If, if I gave you a glass of water that was nine parts water and one part cyanide, would you drink it? Like, come on, Caleb. Okay, it's, it's, it's 90% water. I mean, it's mostly water, right? Wouldn't you drink it? Okay, well, maybe... 99 parts water and one part cyanide. Would you drink it then? Most of you, I hope, would would probably say no. And it's probably good that you would say no because because water that's less than 100%, water, is not good enough. And we know that, right? Uh, Righteousness is kind of like that righteousness that is not 100% righteous is not good enough. Why? Because, Because sin cannot be compartmentalized. Sin like cyanide bleeds into every aspect of who we are. When we sin, we don't sin with just a part of us. We sin with the whole of us. It's our will. Our whole body, our whole soul is involved whenever we sin. Just one sin. It's an act of rebellion against God. It's basically saying, God, you're wrong and I'm right. God, I'll run my own life and you can take a back seat. That's the essence of sin. It is a whole being type of thing. It is not something that you do with just one part of yourself, it's something that you do with the whole of yourself. And so when God's Talks about righteousness, we need to see it in that vein. One sin taints us, it stains us, and because of that, we're unrighteous before God. But a pastor I know said it this way, and I think this is helpful. He said, I'm confident of two things. One, that I'm not good enough. But two, I'm confident that good enough was given to me. And that's the good news part of it. It's okay to say I'm not good enough. That by itself is not good news. But if you can add to it that I'm confident that good enough has been given to me, then that's a game changer. And that's what he's saying. When when Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, that's what he's saying. God has given us good enough. Jesus lived perfectly. He knew no sin. He had a perfect record. And in his death, by faith, we get that perfect record imputed to us, given to us. We are good enough because of Jesus not because of our own selves. That's the gospel. And because of that, when God sees us, he doesn't see our spots and blemishes. And it's amazing to just think about that for a second, that when God sees you, he does not see your spots and blemishes if you are in Jesus. He sees the perfect record of Jesus. You are blameless before the God of the universe. That's good news. And because of that, he accepts us. Right? If we go back to the metaphor of the, this wall that we talked about last week, the wall of hostility that Christ came to dismantle is dismantled because of the work that he did on the cross. Therefore, we have full access to God because God accepts us. We're holy before God because we have Jesus' righteousness. Remember that Paul is writing this letter to Christians he's writing this letter to people who've already said they believe in the work that Jesus has done and he's saying that because he, he wants to remind them it's so easy to forget about this very these very basic truths that we have this this basic gospel message. we struggle with being fully reconciled. we struggle when we start to believe that our acceptance is is based on what we do so we believe the gospel we say it's great news but then we find that we still sin we find that we still struggle we find that we're still tempted and then we start to believe the lies that maybe our continued acceptance is based on my continued performance and what paul is saying no no you've been reconciled be reconciled you've been reconciled You have full acceptance to God. You can go to him. You're not dependent on how you continue to perform. That's not the point. And so this gospel message is not something that we believe just when we're saved at a point in time. It's something that we continue to feast on throughout our lives. Whenever we we come to the end of ourselves, we recognize, no, that's what Jesus died for. The fact that I'm still struggling is just evidence that I need to continually depend on God and His strength and that I am fully accepted. That's the core of our message. That's the core of what this church is about. For us to move forward and talk about what we are called to do, we have to continue to keep that at the forefront that God has accepted us in Jesus, not of our own works. If we look at ourselves, we will be disappointed. If we look at ourselves, we will be full shame. If we look at ourselves, we will have doubt. But if we look to Jesus, we can be confident. We can be at rest. We can see the work that he did for us. In order for us to embrace God's gift of reconciliation in its fullness, we, we need to embrace God's acceptance for us. But embracing his acceptance is not enough. In addition to embracing his acceptance, we need to embrace the love of God in order to experience the fullness of embracing reconciliation. We need to embrace the love of God for us in Christ. Let me continue reading from verse 14 and following. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. As we transition from understanding who we are in Christ to then understanding what we do as Christians, there's something fundamental that happens when we know and believe what jesus did for us what happens is that we now see and experience the love of jesus in the way that we were previously unable to paul writes the love of christ controls or uh, some translations read the love of the love of christ compels So he's explaining what's motivating Paul in writing this letter to the church. He's saying, the love of Christ is compelling me to do this, to reach out, to seek you. Why? Because he concluded this, that one died for all. He's obviously referring to the death of Jesus. Jesus died for all. And so believing that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, is, is a demonstration of the type of love that God had. And this is the love which motivates Paul. This new way of living that Paul has comes from a, a motivational engine that has as its fuel the love of Jesus. We're called to, to run and operate on this fuel, the love of God the love of Jesus. This is, and and it's different from the fuel of religion. Religion will operate based on guilt, based on shame, based on fear. You must do. You must stop doing. You must do some more. You must stop doing some more in order to make yourself right before God, in order to be accepted. And it works for behavior change but it doesn't work for changing the heart. At best it does is it, it masks what the heart truly loves, that the only reason why I, I'm loving you or, or at least pretending to love you is because I'm afraid of the consequences otherwise. That's guilt motivation. That's shame motivation. That's religion's motivation. What, what, what Paul is arguing is we get a, a fundamentally new motivation when we understand and believe the good news of what Jesus called to do, we get this love of Jesus that that is in us and compels us and controls us and moves us forward in a way that's natural. Let, Let me explain it this way. I love cooking and cookware. I love to talk about cooking and cookware and I have to be careful that I don't talk too much about it, because not everyone is as into it as I am. I remember one day I was um, out at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, and I was in the cookware section, passing the time while Stephanie was shopping somewhere else, and um, I saw this couple um, looking at some knives, and I couldn't help myself. (laughs) said let me tell you about these knives (laughs) and lo and behold 10 minutes later i helped them select a set of knives that were suited to their needs and now i didn't get paid for that Uh, i wasn't on bed bath and beyonds payroll they didn't even ask me to help (laughs) stephanie came back said how you been doing oh i just sold some knives I wasn't following a rule book. It it came from my heart because I I loved what I was talking about. And and as we we look to what, what it looks like to live as Christians, what it looks like to do as Christians, God is wanting us to have that kind of a motivation. And that's why he calls us continually to remember what Jesus has done for us so that we see just how much God has loved us And so therefore, what we do is out of response to what Jesus has done, that we want to tell others about God. And I think we've all, if you believe in Christ, we've experienced that at points. Yeah, we struggle sometimes. But there's been times where we've been so excited, even when we hear about God answering prayers, bringing uh, Pastor Brunson home, we're like, we rejoice. Uh, Did you hear what God did? That's the type of motivation that, that I want for us. Not out of guilt, not out of fear, but out of love for what God has done. And that's what, by God's grace, we get to embrace that. God gives us these new motivations. He he says that we're a new creation. In a very real sense, we're different beings having believed in jesus the old has passed the new has come and so as we embrace as we fully embrace reconciliation the gift of reconciliation we we understand that we embrace his acceptance because we receive his righteousness we are good enough because it's given to us we also embrace his love the a new motivation for how to live life how to walk out how to As he says, live for Jesus and not for ourselves. So then what does it mean to live the lives, to live our lives for Jesus? Armed with this motivation of the love of Jesus, how do we then live for him? And this brings me to the third aspect that we need to embrace in order to fully embrace God's gift of reconciliation to us, we need to embrace God's mission for us in Christ. God's mission for us in Christ. Uh, Let me read from verse 18 and following. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us The ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. In in this section, we get a reminder of what God is up to. God is is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus. That's his mission. That's what he's doing. God is in the business of tearing down walls, breaking down barriers so that there would be nothing stopping anyone from coming to God. God is giving out the invitation. God is gathering people, and he's given us this picture of a we get of a gift. We were given this gift of mission. In, in, in light of the mission that God is up to, God has given us this gift. And in verse 18, Paul says we've been given what's called, what he calls the ministry of reconciliation, or the, the service of reconciliation. In verse 19, Paul writes that we've been entrusted with the the message of reconciliation. And as I was thinking about ways to illustrate this, I thought maybe it would be appropriate to liken us to a a UPS driver. We've been entrusted with this really valuable package. Okay? And and it's it's our responsibility to deliver this package to its intended destination. It's not a package that we create, but it's a package that we faithfully and safely transmit to the intended recipient. And as I considered this illustration, I, I recognized that it suffered from a very serious flaw. And it's this the UPS driver does not open the package. The UPS driver is not affected by the package. In fact, they're neutral or impartial to the package they deliver. And they only deliver those packages because they are paid to do so. And and as I was thinking about the gift or the package that God gives us, Paul's intent is actually the very opposite of the UPS driver. We are given a package that by its very nature must change not only the recipient, but the deliverer also. Why? Because the package is is not a thing, but it's a message. It's a message about a person, Jesus, who died on the cross for the sins of everyone, the world. It includes all people. It's not just for those who can afford it. It's not just for the learned. It's not just for those who are at the right place at the right time. It's for everyone. And so this package must necessarily be something that is for the person who is given to in, in addition to the, that person who is then giving it to someone else. Paul actually gives us a much better metaphor. That metaphor is ambassador. He says in verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. I probably should have just kept reading. <laughs> I didn't need a better illustration. We're ambassadors for Christ. That idea is a representative, Right? A representative um, is someone who works on behalf of the sender. They are, in effect, part. They are from the sender. They are representing the message of the sender in a way where you can't separate the ambassador from the message. We are representatives of Christ. We represent Jesus to those around us. That's the idea. So we're given we're entrusted with this message not just to hoard it and keep it to ourselves we're entrusted with this message to represent god's purposes outward to the people who are around us this is what it means to be on mission this is what it means to embrace the mission that god has for us the mission that god is up to is to reconcile the world to himself and then he entrust to us god is using us to carry out his mission We're the ones who bring this message of reconciliation to all the people who need it, which is everyone. And so God has placed us in different places around the world to take this message to the people around us, to take this good news that we're accepted by God based on his work, that it's good news that we don't have to earn our acceptance. We don't have to try harder. We don't have to fix ourselves. And and a lot of times I hear... And I've heard this several times, this this idea that, yeah, I want to get right with God. I want to come to church again, but I need to to get my life right. I need to straighten up first. And and that's such, that's an anti-gospel mentality. And and I pray that that if you're struggling with that today, if you're thinking, like, you know, some people only show up to church when they feel like they have some semblance, semblance of control in their life. And it's such the opposite of what the church should be. The church should be a place, should be a, a people where people feel free to be who they are in all their struggles, in all their hurts, in all their pains, where they say, know, I'm, I'm weak, I'm fallen, but God is good enough. And I can be ministered to by his word, I can be ministered to by his people that would encourage me that you're okay, you're good enough. Why? Not because of what you've done, not because uh, I know you're struggling, you're good enough. You're accepted because Jesus is good enough. So the question we can ask, Is Jesus good enough? If the answer is yes, then do I believe that by faith Jesus has given good enough to us? And if the answer is yes, then it's case closed. Case closed. There's no need for any further interrogation. There's no need for looking at, okay, well, how well am I living up to God's standards? No, Jesus is good enough, and by faith, he's given it to you. Case closed. You can rest assured and confident that you are in Christ. And then because of that, God does work change. God does work change, and I can tell you how God's done it, but, and we will as we go through it, we'll, we'll share stories, we'll share testimonies of how God's changed us as we believe in this message it says we're ambassadors for christ we represent jesus to those around us that representation comes with it it is adorned with our testimony of what jesus has done in and through us it's first for us you might tell me you might say hey but what if what if I'm not ready to be an ambassador? What if uh, I'm not mature enough? What if I, I struggle with doubts? What if it just feels awkward to make my faith public? It feels uncomfortable. And and I would conclude with with Paul's encouragement in verse one of chapter six, verse one and two. Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The first thing we need to understand is we don't embrace God's mission alone. Paul is saying, working together with him, he's saying that they are working together with God. They don't go alone. They don't make this appeal alone. When, when we are in the midst of being ambassadors or representing Jesus to those around us, we have God with us, which means we can ask God for help. We feel awkward, we feel uncomfortable, we feel like we're not good enough. We say, Lord, help me in my unbelief. Lord, help me represent you. And I believe that God will give us help because the Bible says that God is with us. And that's really important to understand. Secondly, Paul is appealing to us not to receive the grace of God in vain. He's saying, don't receive God's gift for nothing. Don't receive God's gift for nothing. Gifts are are not just beautifully wrapped boxes that are meant to be placed on a mantle and stared at wondering what's in the gift gifts are meant to be open gifts are meant to be enjoyed and the, and the best gifts the best gifts are meant to be shared and that's what we have in christ we have the best gift and god wants us god implores us god even gives us the means to share this gift paul writes that now is the favorable time now is is the day of salvation there's no need to save the gospel for a rainy day there's no need to and I think sometimes we do this sometimes we say yeah the gospel's nice in thought but I'm going to set it aside for now I'm not going to fully engage it but, but if we understand what it is it's a gift it's meant to be unwrapped like don't worry about the wrapping tear it off Dig into it, embrace it. This is our gift for this is his gift for us now, not later. Not when Christmas comes. Christmas has come. It's already come. It's done. You can open the gift. And that's what God is encouraging us to do. Fully embrace this gift of reconciliation that's there for you now. Why? Because you're good enough. God doesn't care about if you're naughty or nice. He knows you were naughty that's why jesus was nice on our behalf we can open this gift and fully embrace it and the the last thing i want to say is this embracing god's mission is not a complex thing to understand i think i've struggled with this sometimes i think through okay well what's my strategy God's called me to be on mission. I need to have this strategy. Okay, who do I need to be in front of? What do I say? How do I say it? But what if I say it wrong? And I, and I overthink it sometimes. And I, and I think I felt God encouraged me not to overthink it. Like it's, it's, it's something that God has made you to be who you are, where you are. And what I mean by that is embrace who you are in Christ. And be who you were called to be. So let me give you an example of what that means. So on Friday, we had uh, we had a small company come in and clean the floors. And the the gentleman, the o- the owner of this company, uh, after the floor cleaning was done, I, I talked. For, he's a chatty kind of a guy, and we talked for a little bit. An older guy and. And he and they used to clean the floors for several years, and he would come in with his son. And so I asked him about his son. You know, how's your how's your son doing? And he looked at me kind of sadly. Says, "Yeah, my son. He's uh, he's on drugs, and uh, in fact, he's been missing for a week." And I just listened. and I could tell he's really distraught. He was trying to put on a game face and say, like, you know, I'm com- I'm cool. It'll be okay. But you could tell it was really bothering him. And I tried to empathize with him and say, that's, you know, that's really sorry to hear that. You know, he seemed like he was such a, a nice young man when I met him uh, years, years ago and did good work here. And, and I thought in that moment, a uh, you know, nice Christian thing to say is to pray, ask, you know, say, I'll pray for you. So I said, I'll, you know, I'll pray for you. And he said, oh, well, say, you know, gee, thanks. You know, and we talked some more. And, and I'm pretty sure I thought, well, maybe I should just pray for him now. That's awkward. What if he doesn't believe in prayer? You know these little things that I try to convince myself to, to you know what's the appropriate thing to do. And I thought, you know what? Why would I be ashamed of that? If he doesn't want to, I just say no. I don't want prayer. But I asked him, "Can I pray for you now?" And I did. And uh, him and another guy were there. And, and afterwards, I says, "Oh, gee, you know, I don't pray that much." Um but, you know, I could use all the positive energy I can get, you know, type of a thing. So I'm not sure what his relationship with God is at this point. But I felt like that, God was just showing me. That's low-hanging fruit. Like, that wasn't the time to, to say, okay, well, let me open up the Bible and talk about the story of salvation. There, there was a very real need. And in that moment, I think God was using me to reflect what Jesus would do in that moment which is to meet his need. He, he was caring about his son. And I think that's something that we can all do, is just be who God has made you to be, where you are with the people around you, and ask God for help not to believe the lies about awkwardness or un- being uncomfortable or not being good enough. Know that you've been equipped with this message. If you believe in Christ, you are already ready. You are already ready to be on his mission. You don't have to wait until you have 10 years of experience, You don't need a manual. You have the gospel. You have this word which has transformed you. And so I want to encourage us in that as we go forward to understand our identity in Christ and to live it out and to encourage each other in living that out. Because of the love of Jesus, we are compelled to share his message of reconciliation and renewal so that everyone in our community would experience the love of Jesus and be empowered to follow Him into eternal life. Let me pray for us. Father, I, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the work that Your Son did on the cross for us. I, I pray that You would meet us where we are at this morning. If we we struggle with doubts, if we... Um, struggled with guilt and shame Lord if we (laughs) have struggled with believing your good news that we're accepted I pray that you would help us help us to believe help us to know that we are fully accepted by you and I pray Lord that you would place in our hearts a love Lord from you that would motivate us to live the lives that you've created us for Lord, that we would respond to the generosity that you've lavished upon us in loving us through your Son Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we would that you would help us to mature to the point where we can actually live uh, live for you and not for ourselves, because we know that that you've you've got us, Lord. that that, that You will take care of us. That we don't need to worry about ourselves, because uh, who who better to worry about us than you, Father. I pray that you would help us, Lord. That you would, um, you would draw us unto you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. At this time, we also uh, celebrate.